Hey, how's it going, Lakeland? This is Chad McLeod, your newest member of the Lakeland City Commission. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to A View from City Hall. If you are joining us for the first time, I want to welcome you to this podcast. And right now I've been doing these every other week. And just another way to share my perspective on some of the things that are happening at the city as a new city commissioner and a lot of the decisions that we're making. I told somebody recently, so I've had the chance to do a couple of uh, briefings and meetings with groups in town. I did one week before last with the Lakeland Chamber of Commerce, uh, their advocacy committee, and as well with Bridge Local, which is a small business advocacy group. And I was telling both of those groups that I feel like my initiation period of getting my feet wet, of getting used to the routine of the commission, all of that is over. Uh, Gone are the days of playing the new guy card that uh, we are in the thick of lots of decisions and just moving the city forward and, and trying our best to get us to the other side of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so there's just, there's a lot that is happening on this episode. I want to talk about my thoughts on reopening uh, from a national perspective on down and just kind of start big picture and then drill down to what that means for the city of Lakeland. I want to share a little bit, kind of a sidebar on um, working from home and just what that has been like for our family. And maybe there's some listeners out there who uh, you can relate to it. Um, there's some I think funny things that you know are part of our routine now, and and just uh, talk a little bit about that. And then at the end, uh, I just want to share some other city updates, other things that are happening for our city and at City Hall that you may or may not be aware of, but just provide my insights to that. So let's talk about reopening. There's so much debate right now about uh, the direction we go as a nation as we come out of the 30 days to slow the spread. And as we're looking at May 1st, and so you have the president in the White House, the coronavirus task force, the doctors that are leading that put out guidelines for reopening the country. And there's a task force and there, and, and you have different states that are taking different approaches. Uh, you've got Georgia that is looking to do a, a more aggressive reopening of, of businesses, of sectors that have been closed or considered non-essential. You have other governors that are, are saying, uh, we're going to take a wait and see mode, that we're not, we're not ready to just open up things as usual on May 1st. And there's a lot of debate around it. And anywhere you go, there's just, uh, there's no shortage of opinion on it. And it, it is a critical juncture, I think, for our country, for our states, and for our communities. And it's one that we've never been in before. And and that's one thing that I try to remind myself, I try to remind other people that uh, we don't have a script for how do we reopen many sectors of the economy that have been closed for the past month? How do we How do we get back to some sense of normalcy? And so on the surface, I think you have what appear to be two competing viewpoints. Viewpoint number one, the economy is suffering, that uh, we're hemorrhaging jobs, that small businesses are clinging and just trying to do everything they can to stay afloat. We have, I believe it's 26 million as of today. Today is Thursday, April 23rd when I'm recording this. And and so we have, uh, the numbers came out, unemployment numbers uh, for the country, 26 million people who've applied for unemployment benefits. And that's an incredibly high number and it and it's staggering. And so you look at the economic impact of the the shutdowns of 
stay at home and safer at home orders. And I, the message uh, when you look at that is that we have to get the economy going as, as quickly as we can. That we we've, There has to be a way to come out of this that we cannot uh, afford as a nation to stay in a lockdown mode much longer, or the the long-term damage to the foundations of our nation's economy will suffer for a long, long time. The the other viewpoint is that while we are seeing declines, and, and there are many models that are predicting that certain cities and states have plateaued, or, or there's a, a consistent decline in the number of COVID cases, that we're, we're certainly not out of the woods yet, and that a premature opening of, of economies, of businesses, of people moving out and about uh, that could create uh, a second wave. And, and you even had uh, the director of the CDC who was warning about that, that there's potential for another wave uh, spike in coronavirus cases. And so those, both of those viewpoints, in my opinion, are valid. From a public policy standpoint, it's difficult because from the beginning, uh, as elected officials from local all the, all the way up to uh, the federal level, uh, we've been trying to make decisions based on the information we have with a limited picture. And uh, for example, right now, as we as we look at what's ahead for the month of May, we're looking at a different picture than what we were at the end of March and the beginning of April, when the models we were looking at and the projections, the the messaging, the warnings from the White House were very serious, uh, were urgent in terms of the need to take drastic policy actions in our communities to, to prevent a, a spike in infections, to prevent an overwhelming of our healthcare system. And so now, as the, the and I have said this a lot, that the picture has just been changing. It's been, it's fluid. And so trying to make decisions in, in this environment and, and around these two viewpoints. And so I, I think in the middle of both of those viewpoints is uncertainty. And we, we just don't know for sure. I have from my decision-making process, I felt like it's important to take a wide-angle view, to not focus in so narrowly on one one particular viewpoint that that we exclude uh, valid concerns and, and valid arguments on both sides. But how do we, as policymakers, how do, how do we reopen the city? How do we reopen the state of Florida? What does that look like? And so right now we've got a, you know, a task force. Many of you are familiar with the governor's reopen task force that is meeting. And, and as a city, we're waiting to see what comes out of that. What are those recommendations for uh, Florida's economy, which is the 17th largest economy in the world, and, and so it's this is a big deal. These are these are things that you know have huge ramifications, and and so what does that look like for the city of Lakeland? And you may have seen that uh, our commission we sent a letter to Governor DeSantis that uh, just encouraged him as we're talking about reopenings. Two things: that one that that we uh, we encouraged the governor to consider a county by county or region by region approach, knowing that uh, there are different areas of the state that have different numbers, different trends as it relates to to COVID cases. I think the governor has has done that from the beginning, has kept that perspective uh, that what uh, is happening in South Florida is different than Tampa Bay, is different than Northeast Florida, and so that was part of our letter. The other part of the letter uh, was encouraging him to follow the guidelines that were put out by the White House, by the President's Coronavirus Task Force on reopening, and that we that we look for a 14-day downward trend of, of COVID-19 cases, and, and really looking to that data to guide us as we make some reopening decisions. And so I, um, I, we've had several people who have commented on that letter, and, and I, um, my response to that has been, it, 
that we are simply encouraging the governor to follow what has been been put out by the White House. Uh, I think as a city, and many cities around the state and nation have done this, we've tried to to follow uh, a lot of the uh, public health advice coming from the White House. But at the same time, uh, there are economic advisors who are part of that task force and who we are hearing from as well. I think I mentioned in a previous episode that we as city leaders, we do regular calls with with the White House, with uh, the state of Florida, and with our county. So uh, there's there's just a lot that's going on here. And as I as I said, I think it's uh, you know it's possible for us to take the two viewpoints. The uh, the the economy is suffering, and we we cannot just take this posture of being locked down forever. But at the same time, recognizing that there are still public health risk. Those risks are very real, and we don't want to be careless uh, and, and have uh, a situation where we open so soon and then we there there is a spike in cases and then the, we're just playing a game of start and stop, and that really just prolongs uh, the damage that would happen. And And I think that's the mayor's, you know, Mayor Bill Mutz, I think that is uh, his view in this. Is I Well, for one, I, I thoroughly enjoy serving alongside Mayor Mutz and his leadership, and no commissioner. If you've followed us for any length of time, we none of us agree uh, on a hundred percent of issues, and that's just the nature of you know, being people. And we all bring different perspectives into the process. But the mayor is, uh, you know, as he leads us in our commission meetings, and he's very thoughtful in giving each of us a chance uh, to share our arguments, our viewpoints, and um, he's willing to consider those. And I think his take on this is taking the long view, that he's really looking at what does uh, our community look like and how do we come out of this and what does that mean uh, in the not just for the month of May, uh, but for the rest of the year and for 2021. And so while there are, are people who are chomping at the bit for things to reopen, and I get that, I really do, uh, as a small business owner and, and somebody who empathizes with what is happening with our small business community, I, I understand that. But I think the the approach of taking a long-term view is one that uh, is worth considering right now, for sure. And so I, I say that you know through this, we are as city commissioners striving to lead the city well, that as leaders, there's so many different, always, you know, as an elected official, you have many different perspectives to consider. I appreciate the feedback we get from so many of you. As I told uh, the, the business groups that I was doing updates with recently, that I try to read every email that comes across our desk, and um, you can email all of us at citycommission at lakelandgov.net, or if you just want to send an email to me, chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. But, but we have we do. We have a lot of viewpoints to consider, and uh, as, as leaders, sometimes that requires tough decisions, and, and we're in an environment where that is certainly the case. And so those are my thoughts on the reopening debate that, that we're in right now. I do look for us, um, so this is the end of the week, on Monday. We have been meeting every Monday uh, as part of uh, the COVID-19 response. Many of you know that we typically only meet twice a month. But we've been meeting every Monday to stay uh, informed from our city staff to uh, have a chance for the commission to to get together and discuss these issues. And I, I look for us on Monday to talk about the parks and our outdoor spaces and what do we do in terms of considering a possible reopening. Uh, for me, and and again, I'm I'm one of seven, but uh, my thought on closing those spaces was following the originally it was 15 days to slow the spread. That was at the 
in March, and then we went into 30 days to slow the spread to take us through the end of April, also coinciding with the governor's safer-at-home orders. Uh, those park closures and closures of trails and outdoor spaces uh, have always followed that for me. And so I think, as I mentioned in my remarks earlier, the picture we're facing right now is is different than what we were looking at at the end of March and the beginning of April. And so I think it makes sense for us to look at, um, is it time to open up those outdoor spaces? And, and I look forward to that discussion. And I appreciate those of you who have shared your opinion on this and some passionate on both sides uh, and, and both viewpoints. I had a resident, Drew, uh, who emailed me, and I, I don't know if Drew's listening, but he was talking about um, just his, his thoughts on closing the Lake Hollingsworth path and uh, wants to see that open sooner than later. And But at the end of the email, he talked about the ability and, and how he believes it's so important, especially now, for us to be able to disagree agreeably. And I I could not agree more on that. And I, I really appreciate that. I, I think that's that's so good to hear from residents who say, hey, I, we may disagree with your vote or, or the position the commission took, but we need to be able to disagree in a civil way, um, in a way that's off of social media sometimes, and, and to be able to have that debate and dialogue. And so I appreciate that. So again, if you have any you know, thoughts or questions and uh, on reopening and you know, you want to email me, chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. So I want to switch gears and talk about working from home. And this is kind of a sidebar. It's not directly related to what's happening at City Hall. Although um, I am doing all of my commission meetings and meetings with staff and our uh, agenda study meetings where we prepare for the, the Monday meetings, I'm doing all of those from home. Most of those are done from a corner of our master bedroom because it is usually the farthest place from uh, the chaos that beautiful chaos, I say, my, my children who are seven, five, and two. Um, so I sort of have taken my city hall office into my house. But uh, there was a uh, story in the ledger, Sarah Megan Walsh, who covers um, city hall for the ledger uh, and does a really great job. And I appreciate the work that Sarah is doing and other colleagues right now in, in journalism. And, and some of them, even some of the ledger reporters, including Sarah, uh, have been furloughed for a day or two a week right now as newspapers and media outlets are struggling uh, like many industries. A lot of you know that I, I work in the public relations business, and so I, I work with a lot of reporters um, for clients and things like that. So I, I definitely feel for what that industry has gone through over the past few years, but want to give a shout out to Sarah because she uh, does a great job covering City Hall and keeping our residents in the know of what what's happening. And um, but she wrote a story over the weekend about life in Lakeland, how it's changed uh, since um, you know one month from our first COVID-19 case in Polk County. And, and she wanted to focus on my perspective as, as one who has children at home. My wife and I are both working from home. And several times at the end of our commission meetings, I have made remarks to our Lakeland families or, or geared toward families who have children at home just because I can relate to that being in that stage of life. And so, yeah, that's an interesting gig right now. Um, our, uh, you know, at, at the end of a couple of the meetings that we've had, a couple of the commission meetings, my two-year-old has either made an appearance or um, banged on the door or he's been so loud that, I, and I don't know how many people are watching those meetings, but it, it's audible and it's clear that, um, you know, he, he is in the background and, and that's just reality right now. And uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. If you're at home uh, working from the house and 
and you're trying to do school with your kids. I described it in that Ledger article as we're a combination of an office, a daycare, and an elementary school all in one because my oldest two are, are doing school online. And so it, it's a bit of a, it's definitely a team effort between Aaron and me. And she is working. Um, and so we take turns who, who's going to take a shift and, and oversee school and, and uh, work with a two-year-old and who's going to have time online. And, and we kind of do that throughout the day. And there are some long days trying to, to balance two work schedules, two school schedules, and a toddler, and and do that day in and day out uh, definitely uh, has had its stressful moments for us. I, uh, I'm i a runner, and so I try to take a midday run uh, around 1130 or noon if I can squeeze it in and just to get out and um, get some fresh air, and um, that's been helpful. That's been a, a helpful thing for me. I know not everybody's a runner. Some people say I, I would never run, but but that is one thing that has, has been helpful for me to break up my day with that. We've also started a daily PE class with the older kids, and this just sort of came out of uh, around 2, 2.30, 3 o'clock. Usually it's, it's a tough stretch for us. And the kids are going stir crazy. They've been doing schoolwork on the computer or doing writing assignments or things in the house. And so one day I just told Aaron, I said, I'm gonna just take them outside and, and do PE, just try to come up with some activities and some games. And, and the kids loved it. And, and we, I sort of just harnessed my inner PE coach or tried to think back to the PE coaches I had growing up and, you know, did warm up laps and had them out running around the yard. And there, there's some videos of me, um, on my Facebook page and Instagram of having the kids run sprints and also um, doing some somersaults in the yard with my daughter. And so just we've had some fun times doing that. And we do, we try to keep a schedule now. And that's been helpful. I think early on, we were really just flying by the seat of our pants. And and we still are to some extent, but uh, we try every day at at breakfast, Aaron and I to talk about okay, what's what's the day ahead look like? What is? Uh, and speaking of, um, <laughs> he just made an appearance. This is my youngest, my two year old. You want to say hey, hey? So I promise we did not plan that. I thought Aaron and Asher, my two year old, were outside when I started recording this, and apparently they came back in. So th- that's an example. That's that's exactly what happens around here every day. Every call that I do whether it's a phone call or a Zoom meeting with a client, with somebody at the city, that I preface it with, I have three kids here in the house somewhere, and and there's a good chance that one of them will find a way to get in the room where I am, or there'll be a crisis that, that I have to address. And so that that is just the world we're in right now. Um, but I do think there's been some some real blessings that have come out of this, just the opportunity for, for me uh, as a father, and, and I know other parents as well, even though the times are tough, and the days are long, to spend some invaluable time with our kids and to watch them as they are learning, going through school, finishing up a school year, and uh, just to parent them every day. If you homeschool, maybe this is something you're you're used to, and this is this is your world. But for for me, this is new, uh, and having our kids at home and doing school from the house, and um, I, I think it will be interesting to see. I know there's a lot of discussion about remote work in the future. Will we see an increase, a lasting increase in the number of pl- in the number of employees who are working from their homes and telecommuting? And, and I can't help but think 
yes, in some respects that we will, because I'm finding that there's so much work that I can do. I've always worked remotely here and there, um, but I've been able to do everything that I normally do uh, from the house. And uh, yeah, it's just something to, to think about. I know we have almost 700 city employees who are telecommuting and working from home right now. And that's great. I think it's remarkable and it's a job well done by our city staff to get that in place. I talked a little bit about that in the Ledger article, just how quickly um, for a city government to get hundreds of employees working from home when they weren't previously. And just um, that I think is well done by our city. And and I look forward to seeing you know what can those types of arrangements become more permanent. And it, now there may be some of you that think I, I really want to get out of my house. I don't want to work from home. Um, but for right now, there's just been a lot of creativity, a lot of innovation that has come from, you know, the, the working environments that we've, we've had to be in right now. Uh, speaking of innovation, I, I did want to give a shout out to our city's community and economic development department. Um, they have, uh, so many of our city departments have been innovative over the past month in making sure that they're still providing services to our residents, even if physical contact is limited. And so our inspections team, uh, the folks who do building and home inspections uh, for permits and uh, things of that nature, they uh, launched a virtual inspection tool. It may have been in March, or maybe it was right at the end of March, early April, but uh, I heard the staff and Brian Ruiz, who is uh, part of that team, was on one of the calls with the business groups with Bridge Local that that I was on uh, that I mentioned earlier, and he was talking about how when they rolled it out, it was far from perfect. They wanted to be able to provide a way to continue doing inspections, even if they weren't on site or going into um, buildings or people's homes, and and uh, he said there were a lot of kinks in it, but they rolled it out. They are continuing to improve it to make it more user friendly, more efficient, etc. And I I loved that example because I feel like that is that's the way that Silicon Valley a lot of times rolls out products. And, you know, it's it's far from perfect. They're bugs, they're kinks, but we're going to get it to market and and we'll fix it. We'll let our users tell us what's wrong with it, and we'll improve it and and make it great. And so many times in government, that's in my experience, is that's not the mindset. And so seeing that type of innovation come out of uh, this crisis, and I know there are other examples of that as well that are out there in our city. And so our city staff just doing some some phenomenal work right now. Uh, we had a an update about um, the, it doesn't exist yet, but the Lakeland History and Cultural Center, the plans for that. This has been in the works for some time. And we had a briefing at our last meeting by former city commissioner Don Selvage Current Commissioner Philip Walker has been on that committee to uh, develop plans to have a, a history and cultural center uh, for the city of Lakeland. We do not have currently a uh, a center uh, of of this type where, where we have historical displays that really tell the story of our city and the different communities, the different groups in our city. There are pockets of that, and Don uh, talked about you know, different places where you can see some historical displays and and photography and artwork and and pieces at different buildings around the city, but to have it all under one roof and the plans are to have it uh, at, to have this center housed at the Lake Morton public library. So the, we're not creating a new building, uh, but it will be a new space and it will be designed uh, in within the library as um, a history and cultural center. And, and I, I think all the commissioners were left that briefing. Just, we were excited about the vision for that and what that could mean for our city to have a place that, that tells so much of, of the history, things that 
Many of us may not know, you know from another generation, from how the city began, from um, the communities, uh, the early days of Lakeland till now, and so many different stories. And, and it was refreshing to be able to talk about this project. Uh, so much of what we have discussed recently has been related to the coronavirus. Not everything, but um, this was something that, that I, I can't wait to hear more about. And I think there's really an opportunity for... Um, a lot of energy and momentum around this project to get people uh, excited about what's to come with the history, with the history and cultural center. So definitely stay tuned for more on that. I think I'll leave it here for this week. I have covered a lot of ground. This is the longest episode so far that I've had, but I really appreciate everyone listening uh, to a view from City Hall. If you have thoughts or feedback or topics you would like me to address, always uh, happy to take suggestions. You can. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, any of you out there on Twitter, at Chad McLeod. McLeod is M-C-L-E-O-D. Uh, would love to have you follow me there. And uh, again, my email address is chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll see you here again soon.